This is episode 16 of the Nespreneur Podcast, produced by STEM Media. Let's get it. You're listening to the Nesbypreneur Podcast, where we share information and inspiration to help make your dream become a reality. Do you have a big idea? Looking to take your business to the next level? Then look no further. You have come to the right place. And now, here's your host, Nehemiah Mabry. What's going on, everybody? Welcome again to the Nesby Panure Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Dr. Nehemiah Mabry, and as always, I intend to inspire. Um, some of you may have been noticing that uh, we were kind of off for a while. I took a little break because recently I attended the Nesby Convention, the annual convention up in Boston this year, and there I had opportunity to meet so many of you who came to me and shared with me how much you appreciated the podcast, how much you've been learning from it and enjoyed it. And I can't tell you how much that has encouraged me. So thank you so much for your kind words. And if you haven't taken the opportunity to reach out and let us know what you think about the podcast, please do. You can shoot me an email anytime at Nehemiah at stemmedia.org. And I'd be happy to hear from you. But today, yet again, we have another wonderful, insightful and great episode for you today. And I am joined with Dr. Maria T. Earl. Maria, how are you doing today? I am doing fine, Nehemiah. Thanks for asking. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Oh, I am. I think I'm more excited. Well, I don't know who's more excited, you or me, but I just thank you so much. <laughs> I thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. Thank you. Dr. Maria T. Earl is CEO and founder of IntelliFunda. IntelliFunda designs motivational practice tutoring apps. IntelliFunda's vision is to become known as a world-class tech ed company offering superb customer-facing products at an affordable price. And Maria, I can just tell you that I look forward to both myself and the listeners hearing so much more about you in this interview. And uh, just to start out, we're going to do what we normally do here on the podcast and ask you to give us an additional piece of of information outside of your bio. This is a fun fact, a random fun fact about yourself that people wouldn't guess. Sure. Well, I'd like to say that this is actually a triplet. This is a triplet fun fact. Um, <laughs> you may not know this, but identical triplets are very rare. Some years ago, uh, Meredith Vieira of the Today Show showcased a couple who had identical triplets. And at that time, they estimated that the frequency of identical triplets was about once in every 200 million births. Well, guess what? I am the lucky one. <laughs> uh, we have uh, identical triplet daughters. They are wonderful. They've been a lot of fun. Wow. They've the, tried a lot of tricks also. But, um, mm -hmm. yes, that's the one fun fact about me that I like to share with everyone. Wow. So instead of being one in a million you are one in 200 million. <laughs> that... That's what it seems like. Wow. wow. So, so your girls, they are grown up now or, or what are they? Where are they now? They're all still together. Oh, they're all, they're all uh, finishing up uh, college as we speak. Uh, we've got um, this weekend, we're going over to Memphis. Actually, one of our daughters is having her uh, presenting her dissertation 
uh, not dissertation, her thesis on her uh, senior project. And we're looking forward to um, witnessing that. She's worked very hard as a chemical engineer. Mm. And another daughter is also finishing up. And then one daughter is done. She's done. She's out in the workforce. And so, yes, we couldn't be prouder of them. Wow. Wow. Well, that is definitely a rare privilege, privilege because I can't even say that I've ever met any triplets, let alone uh, know someone that has had identical triplets. So that's that's pretty awesome. Thanks for sharing that fact. Sure. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your your academic background when it comes to your career. What did you uh, go to college and major in and kind of what led you to the point to where you are now? Okay, sure thing. So I hold a doctorate in curriculum and instruction from University of Houston in education. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two um, engineering degrees, one from Boston University in electrical engineering and the other from Penn State in software engineering. I ended up going the engineering route because in high school, uh, when I was uh, considering what I wanted to study in college, uh, the counselors and just about everybody that I spoke with said I need to do something dealing with math um, because um, I loved math at the time and um, I really uh, did enjoy anything having to do with math. And so, um, and then in addition, where I grew up, I grew up in Mississippi, rural Mississippi, and -hmm. at that time, often when students were heading out to college, uh, we were often advised to try to find a job that's not only lucrative, but something that you can bring back to the community to help the community. So I was advised to try engineering uh, or some one of the sciences, and so, um, and I chose engineering. So I set out on the engineering route, and um, and ended up then eventually working on my master's in engineering, but then also have always loved teaching. Uh, began teaching back in high school, actually, uh, taught piano lessons to some of the neighborhood kids. And mm-hmm. so I've always enjoyed teaching also. So um, at a certain point in my career, I decided to go ahead and pursue my mas- my doctorate in education so that I combine my two loves of engineering yeah. and, and the uh, education. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely relate to that. You know, it's one thing to get it for yourself, but there's a whole new level of of joy that comes from imparting your knowledge and what you've learned to others. So, you know, kudos to you for going back and getting that doctorate in education. And um, I'm really interested. So you're an engineer, you're an educator, but you're also an entrepreneur. And so with that being that kind of that having that three E title, where did the entrepreneurial side of you begin to sprout? Like, can you share kind of some of the early itches that you had when it came to uh, running your own business? Yes, absolutely. So as I sort of alluded to just now, um, I started really got the bus back in high school. I one summer, uh, you know, growing up in Mississippi, not much to do, and I was somewhat mm-hmm. bored. And um, I had been trained classically, classical piano, and I wanted to um, start a business, you know, uh, I had tried, I think, when I was younger, even seven or eight, having the old stand with lemonade stand, but uh, that didn't do <laughs> well. <laughs> didn't fare so well. So I started out in high school teaching uh, piano lessons uh, to neighborhood kids, and it was just wonderful. I loved the whole experience, you know, uh, trying to get um, uh, clients for my piano business, um, sending out invoices, collecting checks, <laughs> the mm-hmm. whole the whole thing. I really enjoyed it at that uh, very young age. And then on yeah. into um, uh, later years, I started another company. The company was named Michi Elway, and it was mm-hmm. our little niche. Uh, this was about the time the triplets came along, and I saw a need for uh, uh, particular triplet um, accessories that weren't in the market at the time. So mm-hmm. I set about, I designed uh, several items for the triplet market. 
and that company did very well. However, the we sort of outgrew uh, that the market at the time, and the demand was there. But in order to keep up with the demand, uh, we would have to go outside outside of the U.S. For instance, we looked at uh, China, looking at China to develop our product. However, they want a minimum of ten thousand <laughs> of this product that we're developing. You know, there weren't ten thousand triplets at the time uh, mm-hmm. that were in our in our client area at that time. So. So that company um, kind of folded at that point, and then I moved on into um, working as a consultant, doing enterprise okay. software training, and this is all kind of rolled into the enterprise engineering software training, all rolled into one. My loves of uh, engineering and computers and, and teaching and training. So, and I uh, that was a sole proprietorship, so I pretty much it was pretty much. Uh, me, myself, and I uh, in that in that company. And then here so recently, after working as an assistant professor, I decided to pursue this passion of really going full force with a, a, a true entrepreneurial uh, um, bona fide company um, mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in the guise of IntelliFunda. So that's yeah. rather a short synopsis of how I got to where I am now on, on the entrepreneurial uh, well, wow. so I can see that this is clearly not your first rodeo when it comes to collecting checks. <laughs> the the funnest part, I would say, uh, of being an entrepreneur, one of the funnest parts. But uh, one of your ventures actually interests me, and I want to dig into it a little bit more. You said that you created multiples or you created products for multiples, such as tri- twins, triplets, and, and I guess quadruplets as well. <laughs> right? Is that is that true? So you... We're, we're doing well, but then eventually you decided to go or you had to keep up with the demand by getting it manufactured overseas. Now, was that because um, the price, kind of the, the margins were, weren't high enough between how much you had to pay for it versus sell it for it? Or why did you eventually decide to change things up if it was going well initially? Well, it was uh, the margins, um, not so much the margins, it was the, the quantity. Uh, the quantity okay. that, you know, uh, well, in the end it comes down to the margins, right, because, um, okay. but the quantity, you know, they have, uh, they required a minimum of 10,000 units, you know, and the price was wonderful. I think it brought it down to around uh, 3 or $4 per product, per item, as opposed to what I was paying at the time was about $15 or so to have the product manufactured, you know, uh, when we were back okay. uh, in California. So the yeah, price point, okay. yes, the price point. But I didn't want to end up with nine thousand <laughs> uh, multiple <laughs> uh, baby bags in my garage, you know, because uh, right. we didn't have the clientele to par- purchase them. So right, yeah. right, and you may you make sense. That makes sense because you already said that you know the odds of having triplets. Um, identical triplets with like one in every 200 and something million. And then here you are serving this market. So I love the fact, and listeners, I hope you all kind of pick it, uh, take note of this. I love the fact that you started something that essentially scratched your own itch. You created a product that you yourself would use, and therefore you knew it, knew it enough and knew the market enough to create that was actually valuable. However, it kind of got down to the numbers when, okay, I need to produce this at a higher quantity at a lower lower price, but here I am being asked to order this large amount that the demand doesn't exactly justify. And that's where you got to kind of begin to make hard decisions as clearly you did um, between, you know, <laughs> am I going to overorder, like you said, and have this extra uh, amount of inventory, or am I going to kind of 
began to kind of reassess his business idea. And so I, I think that's great. Is there anything if you were able to, to share one lesson from that experience to impart to our listeners that you would say in just a few seconds? Yeah, and just, you know, and just reflecting on that, you know, what it came down to is that I did not want to, I, I was actually uh, uh, creating the product myself. It was a triplet um, diaper bag. We call it the diaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was, um, I was creating it along with, I had a helper who helped me with that. And it came down to the fact that, that we were about, I would say about um, every two to three weeks. So if someone, we had a client that would order the bag. Um, they would receive it within three to four weeks, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, it came down to I didn't want to have to have my clients wait an additional two or three weeks, you know, to receive this product. Right. Because with being babies and triplet babies, you need the product yesterday, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, so that also was a big factor in, in my uh, deciding not to pursue this this first this particular venture because I didn't feel I was able to satisfy my clients' demands and wishes in a timely manner. Gotcha, gotcha. And so your 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 word of advice would be what? Um, my overall advice is for that particular scenario is that um, you know be ready to either um, <laughs> increase the price um, of a particular product um, so that you could perhaps hire additional help you know, in, in, in country, mm-hmm. uh, wherever you are located so that you can satisfy the timing constraints, you know, so that you can still get the product out to your client within whatever time you, you know, you specify two to three weeks or so. Gotcha. Um, uh, or, you know, um, decide to go ahead and send it overseas. You'll have a lower price break, uh, but then you may want to rent out a storage <laughs> at the uh, U-Haul store and to, to uh, store all the additional uh, surplus of, uh, items that you may have left over and, and in preparation for uh, selling them in future years. So it, it always it seems like it comes down to time or cost. So you can wait it out, you know, maybe in subsequent years you would have the uh, clientele that would purchase the additional items mm-hmm. and you'd have the break-even point at some time or cost. You raise the cost. Uh, to hire additional help at that time and then get the product out in a timely fashion. That's good. That's good. But, you know, the three constraints, the three constraints, the timing, the cost, and the scope, they, they, they constantly resurface mm-hmm. uh, for, for any business I've been in. So gotcha. That's important. Keep the triple constraints in check. Thank you. Thank you. And I know the listeners find that uh, insight very valuable. So that brings us to the present day in Telefunda, what you're working yes. on now. And if you could give us a quick pitch of what that company is and then also if you could share a little bit of the business model or the plans to actually monetize behind it okay sure thing thank you for asking Mm -hmm. so basically in telefonda we design motivational tutoring apps we've designed a very unique platform that will allow us to easily create these motivational tutoring apps our first offering is titled uh, is an app titled Math Funda. Math Funda is a mathematics practice app, app that will help middle school students with math. Why math? Because right now in the United States, you may not know this, but our kids' math scores actually a lot of people do know this. <laughs> our kids' math scores rank near the bottom. Yeah, you know, yeah. so um, I thought to first try to help our kids in the area of mathematics and with middle school specifically because middle school is such a precious time. It's, it's such a delicate time. Our kids are maturing in so many ways in their outlook on life and their body and you know mm-hmm. and how um, they see themselves. So I felt to first. 
look at and try to help that age level. And then eventually we would move up into high school and, and, and um, at the adult level. Mm-hmm. But yes, that's our main area. We also uh, teach online computer courses. That's a kind of a secondary, secondary uh, business. But that's also um, another area that we're involved in. Gotcha. Gotcha. So break it down for us. Like uh, a kid would download this app or their parent maybe would download this app on their kid's phone or on their phone and kind of walk us through how, how MathFunda actually works. Okay, sure thing. So what it is, once again, what's key here are the words motivational tutoring, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. So what happens is that the parent would purchase the app, you know, maybe on the app store, wherever we end up uh, uh, having it in the marketplace. It's going to be out. Uh, we're beta testing it right now. If any of your listeners would be interested mm. in helping us beta test, I would love it. Yes. That would be great. Make note of that, uh, listeners. But it, I'll just yeah. plug in that for you. Make sure you all out there who are interested in this, uh, take note of that. And at the end of the show, we'll have some contact information for how you can become a beta tester. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no problem. No problem. In about any time. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I get real excited about this, so <laughs> I can keep going. Um, so, yeah, so the first thing is that the parent, whoever has the first strings, right, will uh, download the app mm-hmm. um, to their um, download the app to their phone. Or it's also web, uh, web uh, browser-based. Mm-hmm. So you could actually uh, use the app in the browser on your PC, on your phone, on your iPad, just about any device. So you download the app. The first thing the kid gets to do is check is to choose their new pack. Okay. The new pack stands for Motivational Intelligent Practice Assistive Tutor. Mm. Okay, this is the motivational part. Okay, so our kids they need motivation. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're especially in middle school. If they had a bad experience with math in second grade or third grade, you know, they didn't quite get the times table, multiplication tables, or they, there may be some lingering negative uh, uh, effects that left over from that. So they may need some motivation. So their new pack is going to be this really supportive, motivational avatar, basically. Mm-hmm. And they'll be able to choose from different categories. They can choose uh, from an animal, an animal category, such as the, uh, Tony the Tiger. <laughs> they can choose a male knee pad. They can choose female knee pad. Uh, or they could even choose uh, from the environment, a talking tree. I was trying to remember the name of the movie that was out a little while ago. It had this spiritual, it was a spiritual tree was the uh, main character in the movie. It was a Disney uh, movie. Pocahontas? Was it Pocahontas? Well, Pocahontas had the, the had also. Oh, yes, okay. Pocahontas. Okay, yeah. But, um, in, yeah, so, so similar to that. <laughs> so what it is, so the student would choose their meat patch, and then uh, they would then next choose um, the questions, the math questions that they need help on. Uh, for fourth and fifth grade, we're offering uh, three different categories, number, numbers, algebra and geometry mm-hmm. so they choose a particular math area they basically choose the questions that they want they'll be presented with questions to solve so they set out with their new pet to solve the problems to solve the questions that are presented with them mm-hmm. in the meantime the new pet is providing them help on the mathematical words that are in the question the new pet in the app will provide a video relating the math question to everyday events mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so a lot of math a lot of that falls down to rules and steps and a lot of that can draw analogies from everyday life. Mm-hmm. So I really believe in trying to draw that analogy in any curriculum that I create. So that's, uh, that's I feel, very important. <laughs> the next step, then, is to go ahead and look at your reports, how you're doing, how you're meeting your milestones and your goals. Very easy to read reports, too. You don't have to look through columns and columns of data mm-hmm. and numbers. Very, a very easy to read graphical report. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the fun part. If the parent or teacher turns this on, the kid gets to go in and play games, fun math games. Uh-huh. They get to go in and uh, enter a contest. We're going to have once a month contests. 
And um, also they get to look at the uh, leaderboard. They'll be able to gain badges throughout using the app, and these badges will be reflected in the leaderboard to see who's the leader in earning the most badges. Wow. Wow. This sounds like a very <laughs> complex yet effective tool. I mean, you have the social aspect, like you said, with the contest, and then you have, I guess, some sort of like a Watson slash Siri kind of aspect with the MePat encouraging the student. Is that right? Yeah. That's correct. Wow. wow. And you know, this is something that like, man, as you, as you talk about it, what comes to my mind is other industries that, or other things that this can be applied to, you know, you're clearly in the STEM space math, but a person could apply similar concepts to, you know, to music and, and so many other things. Have you thought about that as well? Actually, we have, because Math Fund is our first offering that, that will be out this year. Next year, we want to work next, what I think is, is needed next uh, for our kids, is the uh, the reading. So Read Funder mm-hmm. is on the agenda for next year. Okay. And once again, it's all about being supportive, uh, pre- presenting students with problems reading, but in manageable chunks. So, uh, you know, it's all about manageable chunks and really tracking the student and monitoring their progress, and then every once in a while, reassessing what the student is so that we can further help them along the way. Gotcha. And then the year after, we plan to introduce Light Funder. Mm-hmm. Similar, similar uh, scenario there. Um, you know, same sort of uh, scenario. You pick out your knee patch, you choose the particular writing uh, that you want to uh, complete, um, anything from essays to expository writing, uh, uh, what have you, and, um, and then uh, look at reports and then play those games. And so, and then along with all of these particular ones for the middle school, there will be a profile. In the profile, the parent or teacher could go in and switch things on and off. Okay, mm-hmm. yes, Johnny can play games or <laughs> Johnny can enter the content, you know, so things like that. Yeah. They can also specify the average uh, level. So we're, we're, there will be a grade book associated with it. And so they can associate, well, if Johnny gets 80% average on his, you know, math uh, questions, he gets to play games. And so the parent or adult would be able to specify that type of control over the yeah yeah wow so so my wife is a teacher and i think she would love to be one of your uh beta testers beta users <laughs> so i'm definitely going to tell her about that and i know that i would love to see this and so this is just this is awesome i'm glad our listeners get to hear this if you can let's get down to the nuts and bolts just for a brief second if you can share with us all right you have this great idea obviously you've thought through it and obviously you're the perfect person to do this you know given your background not only in 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 math and engineering but also education what were some of the first steps that you did to get things you know to turn this from an idea to a reality you know who did you bring on board as a part of your team and what were some of the first steps from a very very basic level that you did to make this possible Yes, thank you. That's that's such a great question because uh, coming from an academic world and now going into an entrepreneur as a company, as an LLC, my prior uh, my prior ventures were pretty much sole proprietorship, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. But now with an LLC, I've got three contractors who work for me, you know, and so. Um, that's a, a little bit step more than a sole proprietorship. So the first thing that I did, and this is the way I was raised, was look for higher guidance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I sought out, uh, and being a startup, I had to try trying to stay leaning and mean. So I sought out uh, help with the SBA, um, the Small Business Association, mm-hmm. with the SBDC. The SBDC is a small development um, 
Small Business Development uh, Corporation. And so I sought out and applied for it. The SBA, you don't really necessarily have to apply. Pretty much if you call them up, they'll set up an appointment to talk to you about your business mm-hmm, goals. Mm-hmm. But with the SBDC, it's sort of an uh, application process, and you need to you know, have, uh, uh, include your um, business plan. And so you're a little bit more involved with uh, applying for and being accepted with SBDC. Small Business Development Corporation. However, in both, I found value in using both. I pretty much have stayed with the mentor that was assigned to me with SBDC a little bit more because he has actually uh, uh, ran a company, uh, been an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. SBA, they're more um, executives, so they've been CEOs and uh, uh, CFOs at companies. However, they may not have founded the company. Right. Uh, but with the SBDC, if you have your true founders right. you know, uh, of companies. And so that is what I would suggest, because that has been very valuable coming from my innocence, <laughs> my background in innocence in this type of venture. Uh, with an LLC and what was what uh, what I was up against, but yeah. still, you know, and I meet with him on a monthly basis, once a month, and uh, it's good. Uh, that's just about the right amount of time for me, because um, then I'm able to go off and do whatever homework and <laughs> feel signs, you know, with uh, given enough time. Right. And so, so that is what I would suggest. If this is new to you, this business side, you know, with my background being education, uh, that has proven very valuable. Where did you find your team, like your contractors that work with you now? Where did you find them? Well, actually, so it's, it's always like sort of it's word of mouth. I mean, the networking is so important. So the very first contractor that I hired was for my he helped he's helping me uh, curate the mathematics material mm-hmm. and the actual questions. And so I was working with um, this lady at a, a local organization here in the Houston area that I work with. I volunteered for an organization here that tries to help students excel in education. Believe it or not. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. So and I do. Volunteer work for that organization and so I've been, I have been talking to her about my company and what my needs were and she's very well uh, involved in the in the in the community and she recommended my first contractor this uh, guy he's uh, actually working on his master's in mathematics and um, he proved uh, he proved to be very valuable in not only his knowledge of mathematics but recommending others and so the second contractor that I hired was in the programming area, and he came by way of my first contractor. Mm-hmm. So, um, and once again, and he he's proving to be absolutely wonderful. Just uh, I am so blessed to have this uh, programmer who's uh, working for me. There you go. And then the third, yes. <laughs> And then the third contract I had was in the sales and marketing area, and he came by way of family friends. Uh, his uh, we kind of his mom and I we kind of raised our kids uh, uh, together, and I knew that he was in sales. He had just graduated in sales and marketing and was looking for something so So that's how uh, that's how I uh, ended up with him. So they're they're pretty much junior people. They're mm-hmm. pretty much junior people. Mm-hmm. And for me, even with that, when I have something completed or when we've completed a certain task, I will send it out for, you know, professional consultation mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. see, uh, yeah. So I find that combination of hiring junior people to help keep the costs down and then, but sending it out to a professional one-time consultation and pay that one-time fee has worked out pretty good, you know, that's worked out pretty good, as opposed to hiring very expensive professional organizations right. from the get Right, 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 right. Okay, well, coming into our final stretch of this interview, uh, you've already been sharing so much value. Um, If you could answer one of our favorite questions here on the podcast, and that is this. If we had a time machine, and you could get on the time machine and go back in time prior to starting Intellifunda, and you could give yourself 
just really one quick, and this has to be super short, like really quick piece of advice. Um, and then you had to hop back on time machine and come back to the present day. What is it you would say to your younger self? Um, advice to my younger self. I was, usually, I usually say something else in this regard, but now I'm thinking about it in a different light. And um, to, you know, pay attention to your younger self. Uh, you know, when I reflect back on my younger self, that was me. That is me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, um, you know, the the Maria that I was at age ten is the Maria that I am now. Of course, I'm older. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. a few more years. <laughs> few more gray hairs, but um, it's still that essence is still there. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Right. So that essence of what I am, if I were to say, if someone were to, to give me advice back when I was 10, I would have them say to me, you know, what is that essence that's about you? You know, and that's what's going to carry you through. Hold on to that, that true essence that's about you. Hold on to that, and that's what's going to carry you through. Use that as your springboard for your future ventures. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. You just spoke to me right here, right now. So I thank you. I appreciate that. Hold on to your younger, thank the you. essence of yourself, listeners. Um, you've heard it from Dr. Earl herself. Um, Maria, could you tell me if you have a particular book and or resource that you would recommend um, to someone who's searching for the right way to make their business happen? Um, yeah, so two, two books that I uh, tend to recommend, especially now when I, as I'm in the uh, entrepreneurial tech ad is the sector that I'm in, uh, ed tech. Mm-hmm. They switch it around. Sometimes you see tech ads, <laughs> right. sometimes ed tech. Right. But High Tech Startup is uh, one book by John Nisha. I like this book because he talks a lot about, it's an older book, it's about 10, 15 years old now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may be a later version, but I still have the older ones that came out uh, about 10, 15. But in the book, he talks about the high-tech startup and all the ins and outs of, of dealing with business in the high-tech world and being a startup. But also he has a chapter on uh, the family aspect. You know, what, is it, what does it do to a family when you're starting a business? Mm. Uh, how you need to nurture that relationship because once you get into starting your own business, it consumes you. Right. It really does. Right. You know, it's, it's really consuming. But you have to realize that the family is there. They're supporting you, uh, and they can support you more. If you, but you have to remember that they are just as important in uh, fulfilling your dream. Right. Uh, and you want to bring them along with you. So I like that book for that reason. It's diversity of uh, it's um, you know triangulation of the business the family and the spiritual part. So yeah. that's why I like this book. Yeah. And then on the personal side, uh, Ayana, Ayana Lanzat is uh, very close to me. I've read several of her books, especially in the area of forgiveness mm-hmm. and the power of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, this I've, uh, I've never known any greater power than that. Uh, uh, so I read her and try to meditate uh, with her, um, her guidance in mind on a daily basis. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Great. Well, Maria, if you um, don't mind, we're coming to a close, unfortunately. This has been a pleasure for me. If you can, go ahead and share with our, our, our listeners, you know, how we could follow Intellifunda, find out more about what you do, and also how we could become, specifically become uh, one of your beta users. And then, before you go, leave us with one okay. of your favorite quotes. Okay. Okay. All right. So, three ways to get in contact with me. I use... In- 
you know, there's so many social media out there, but right now I, I do use, and I love it if you would connect with me on LinkedIn. Yeah. My LinkedIn is Maria Teresa Earl, and I'll spell that, M-A-R-I-A-T-H-E-R-E-S-A-E-A-R-L-E, okay? Uh, another way is you can send me email, maria at intelefunda.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and then uh, my website for Intelefunda for the apps is intelefunda.com. That's for the apps. And if you want to learn about computers, I also have a computer school. It's called I Want in Computer. And in that school, it's an online school, and it's live. You see me. I am there live teaching the course. I teach a basic computers course, mm-hmm. introduction to computer programming, and also computer security. And it's for, I say it's for all the ages, 8 to 80. So if you ever want to uh, take, get a little bit more on uh, learning about uh, computers, basics, or security, give me a call or look me up at I want in computer, mm. Computer.org and sign up for one of our courses. We will definitely, listeners, link all this in our show notes over at stimmedia.org. You can just click on it and you'll be able to sign up for the computer courses. Follow in the Telefunda and uh, see about all the cool things that Maria is doing. Anything else, Maria, before you give us your quote? Okay, and the quote is from Mark Andreessen. Mark's quote is, software is eating the world. Mark Andreessen, before Internet Explorer, before Chrome, before he created Mozilla. Mozilla was the very first browser Mm -hmm. uh, that was ever in existence. And I love that quote because it is so true. Software is eating the world. It is ubiquitous. It is everywhere. It's in everything. And guess what? It's going to get worse. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, uh, I like to say, if you don't want to go hungry in response to that, perhaps creating some software just might be your ticket as Maria is doing. So thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners and with me, Maria. This has been an absolute pleasure to hear about your story and all the great things you have going on. The pleasure is in all my Nehemiah. you for listening we really hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love for you to come and join us again next time in the meantime please do us a couple of favors one subscribe to the podcast on itunes or any other platform you might find us on and two rate and leave a positive review so we can know what you think of the show and finally spread the word tell your friends and family that they can join us right here on the nesby podcast